0: What would you like the power to do? Mobile banking requires downloading the app and is only available for select devices. Message and data rates may apply. Bank of America NA, member FDIC. Welcome to Clinical Pearls in Obstetrics and Gynecology. In this session, we will cover hyperprolactinemia. Prolactin is released from the anterior pituitary gland, and of course, its main function is to aid lactation in the postpartum period. However, receptors are also found in the lymphatic system, gonads, and even the liver. The regulation of prolactin is somewhat complex. For stimulation, for release, thyrotropin-releasing hormone, as well as vasoactive intestinal peptide, or VIP, are stimulatory. In other words, they help release prolactin. Estrogen also increases the lactotrope cells in the anterior pituitary in preparation for lactation. However, dopamine exerts a tonic negative inhibition on prolactin release. Some medications that are either dopaminergic or dopamine antagonists can therefore influence prolactin release. Additionally, altered renal clearance like kidney disease can cause an increase in systemic prolactin levels. Okay, so remember, this is why checking for hypothyroidism is key in patients found to have elevated prolactin levels, since TRH can be a cause of increased prolactin. Similarly, it's important and vital to do a good comprehensive medication review because some medications, which we'll review in just a minute, can influence or increase dopamine secretion. Hyperprolactinemia is defined as a serum prolactin level greater than 30 nanograms per ml. But remember that there are several causes of hyperprolactinemia, including physiological reasons like pain or nipple stimulation. Prolactin levels also increase during sleep and exercise and after meals. That's why it's important to draw prolactin levels in the fasting state. We've already addressed that certain medications, specifically dopamine antagonists or dopamine-depleting agents and even certain narcotics, can increase prolactin release. Lastly, there's pathological factors like disorders of the hypothalamus, the pituitary, and of course, we've discussed the thyroid. For cases with usually mild prolactin elevations in which no pathological cause or medications can be identified that are causing the elevated prolactin levels, that diagnosis is called idiopathic hyperprolactinemia. A helpful mnemonic for the different potential causes of hyperprolactinemia is the word prolactins. That stands for pregnancy, renal failure, oral contraceptives or other meds, liver failure, adenomas of the pituitary, which we'll talk about in a minute, chest wall disease, including herpes zoster, thyroid disease, namely hypothyroidism, infiltrative diseases of the pituitary like sarcoid or histiocytosis X, nursing, and the stock effect, again, prolactins. The list of medications that can cause an increase in prolactin are somewhat varied, but in general, we can divide them into four general types. Antipsychotics, cyclic antidepressants, antiemetics and certain antihypertensives. So remember, always take a detailed medication history. Symptoms of hyperprolactinemia in women include menstrual dysregulation, infertility, usually due to anovulation, and or galactorrhea. For women found to have an elevated prolactin levels, a TSH or thyroid stimulating hormone should be obtained since hypothyroidism can cause an elevated serum prolactin level. Additionally, for women that have elevated prolactin levels, a pituitary imaging diagnosis diagnostic test is required. While a helical CT scan can be helpful, the test of choice is a pituitary MRI. Lesions less than 10 millimeters of mercury are considered microadenomas, Whereas lesions greater than ten millimeters are considered macroadenomas. Macroadenomas can present with altered visual field defects or headaches or other neurological symptoms. The treatment of hyperprolactinemia, whether it's associated with an adenoma or idiopathic, is still a dopamine agonist medication. This usually includes bromocryptine or the newer cabergoline. For women that have regular menses and an otherwise uncomplicated idiopathic hyperplactinemia, they may be watched without treatment. However, most women who present with either infertility or amenorrhea will require therapy for regulation of their menstrual cycle. Even macroadenomas can be first treated with medications since up to about 80% can see a 50% reduction in size anywhere from six months to one year of medical therapy. worsening of visual field defects or worsening headaches is a cause for surgery. Surgery usually includes a transphenoidal approach. Okay, as we wrap up this session, let's just say a quick word about these treatment medications. Bromocryptine was the first dopamine agonist first used in 1970. It requires multiple dosages throughout the day and can cause nausea, headache, dizziness, or postural hypotension. In some people, it can cause depression. Caprigoline is a newer medication and only requires dosage once or twice per week. It has improved efficacy and less side effects compared to bromocryptine. However, once again, it's much more expensive. However, Cabrigoline is much more effective in reducing tumor size and should be considered the treatment of choice in macroadenomas. Well, that wraps up our session covering hyperprolactinemia. We'll see you next time.